my goal is I want people to, to be able to look in the mirror and just say, I'm so grateful for you today to just understand again that, that you are the gift of gratitude, that the world is really a smaller and not as great a place without you in it. I don't know if you're going to see this voice memo, but I thought I was happy. Are, are you happy? I'm not happy at all. The question is, are you happy? Are you happy? I'm the happiest I've ever are been right now. P.S. Be the person who you'd want to meet because somebody needs you. Welcome to Are You Happy? The Happy Hour. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Are You Happy Podcast. So today we have an amazing treat for you. We have made a new friend via Podmatch. He's a fisherman of not only fish, but also he cast a wide net as a speaker, a coach, and a soon-to-be-published author of Broken Gratitude. So without further ado, let's meet the Sammy J. Sammy, how are you today? Doing just beautiful. How about you? Amazing, as always. Uh, I get to be here with you on this lovely, gray, rainy day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we make the best of where we are, right? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. It's raining where you're at. It's raining where I'm at. The sun's yeah. shining somewhere, so that's okay. Uh, where are you located right now? I am outside of St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, okay. And are you a St. Louis native, or did you move there over the course of time? Well, I'm from central Missouri, so... Um, yeah, I guess you could say kind of a St. Louis native. <laughs> <laughs> St. Louis adjacent, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Cardinals fan. How about that? <laughs> okay, I, I can dig it. Um, you know, mo most folks don't really know much about Missouri. What What's something you would tell them uh, about Missouri that, that they can remember so that way the next time they come across it, they're like, oh, yeah, all right, I know it. I know it a little bit. Uh, the St. The St. Louis Zoo is one of the best in the United States. Um, we have a bear that actually keeps escaping its uh, <laughs> habitat and keeps chasing people around. So they're, uh, last I heard, I guess they're going to ship him to Florida because he's scaring everybody. That's a true story. <laughs> uh, the arch, the St. Louis arch, which is what St. Louis is kind of known for, is very, and this is just my opinion, it's very cool to go look at. The museum is awesome. The uh elevator ride up to the top of the arch is beyond strange weird and kind of scary so mm -hmm. just forewarning everybody but once you get up there it is pretty cool why is it weird and scary most elevators go up and down this one goes up to the left to the right up to the right up to the right up to the right <laughs> um, and that's literally how you get to the top of the arch <laughs> goodness that is kind of weird and scary and, and this bear, you know, if they send it to Florida, do you think the people are going to scare the bear instead of the other way around? <laughs> it's Florida. I tell you what, to, to me, fix the fix the habitat. I mean, I don't know. I guess he's kind of a genius bear. That's what we've all came to think. He's kind of because they fixed it, I guess, three or four times. And, and he still keeps getting out like they have to shut down the whole zoo because, oh, the bear got out. <laughs> it's a big black bear. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He's like a MacGyver with claws, <laughs> almost. Yeah, That's craziness. Yeah. So we are super excited that you're here. We've seen your your info. We've seen that you uh, went through John Maxwell uh, for certification as a coach, which is an excellent program. But ultimately, when I saw you, I wanted to ask you, are you happy? I am. I tell you what, I'm, I'm in this process of building a speaking uh, company. I've had my own construction company for quite a few years and the transition over has been um, 
Well, I'll say it like this. I was telling a friend of mine just yesterday, I said, Ethan, how are you doing? And I said, well, I'm kind of stressed. You know, it would be normal. I'm transitioning my whole life right now at, at 48 years old. So I'm a little stressed. I said, but I tell you what, man, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm happy. You know, literally just sitting here with you, the, the, I'm meeting a total new person that's going to build my network and a new relationship. And that's the way I look at the world is why I could sit around and, and be stressed and not uh, accomplish what I really want to, or I can just go out and go get it and be happy along the way and take those lessons with me. So yes, I'm very happy. <laughs> and how does that feel to start over at, at 40, you said 48, right? Or is it 47? Well, God love you. It's 48. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I wrote 47. <laughs> that, that's that okay. Out, that's all right. <laughs> what, what, how does that feel to, to transition and to start anew? I mean, I, I understand stress, but what else is going through your mind and through your spirit in this new journey of yours? It, it actually really does feel awesome and amazing. And it's because I know I finally found my purpose. I found my mission, what I'm meant to do in this world. And that is to help people come to a life of gratitude and happiness and, and really help people understand that in doing that, your financial situations get better. Your relationships get better. Your spirituality gets better. I mean, it literally takes over your life in such a positive way. And it's not saying that nothing negative ever happens or bad never happens. Uh, I had a flat tire two days ago. The old Sammy would have got really mad and really blamed everything and everybody else. And this is not, this is stupid and crazy and blah, blah, blah. Two days ago, boom, it popped out on me, made a phone call. I said, Hey man, long story short, I couldn't get the jack out from under the passenger seat. So I called up a friend of mine. Hey, can you bring over your jack? And here's where I'm at. He brought it over. I don't know. I just never got frustrated the whole time. It was like, eh, it happens. And I know that's because my whole mindset's changed. Yeah, I feel like I'm really living with a purpose now. So stressful at times, yes, but amazing all the time, yes. <laughs> and can you tell us about what happened, what moment happened to cause that shift? You know, like there's there's always like an origin behind a, a, a huge change like that either an event or a person or just something that happened to kind of be the catalyst for this new transition. What is that or who or how, what, what is that for you? Well, my story of gratitude starts with my mom. Uh, she had polio her whole life and she lived every day in a wheelchair. And throughout her life, she taught us many lessons, me and my sister and, and just everybody. And it was, you know, love life, enjoy life. And while growing up with her, I was always kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, mom, yeah, 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 life's great, whatever. My moment came when I was holding her hand when she passed away, because in that moment, I really knew what gratitude was, because in that moment, she could walk, she could run, she could climb a tree, she could do everything that she was never able to do here. To me, that was, that was her gift that she gave me. That's the moment that changed my life. Saddest moment, yet I would say most my my most revealing moment. Mm. And so the the gratitude is that rooted in everything that she taught you? It was. It, it was in that moment I really understood that what she had been teaching me and showing me throughout her whole life, even though she couldn't walk, that she still loved life. She still 
went out and made the best of every situation. And, and she was one that she always loved to be outside, always loved to be outside. And she's one that would look at the grass and she'd be like, oh my God, the grass is just so beautiful today. And look at the tree. Oh man, the leaves are out. And she would find the smallest of things and she just loves them, you know? And I feel like now, again, growing up through that, I never thought a lot about it. I was always kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, but now I really see what she saw is, you know, everything without the trees, we don't have oxygen. So, man, I'm so grateful for the trees and they are beautiful. And if you, if you look at anything the right way, per se, with gratitude, everything's amazing. I mean, it really is. I can hold a pen up and find 50 things to be grateful for about this pen. And it's a pen. Most people look at a pen and they go, eh, it just makes ink. Man, I'm so grateful that somebody came up with the idea to put ink inside this. Whoever thought to develop, you know, the ink pen. And then who thought, oh, yeah, let's put this little thing on there so that we can hang the pen on our book or on our collar or on this. And then, well, what if we're not using the ink? Oh, cool. We got a little button here that we can get rid of the ink. I mean, it's, it's how you look at things. It's your perspective on the smallest things in life. And when you start really adding those up, you understand that the big things are even bigger than what you thought. And I noticed uh, over the years of interviewing that some people are naturally just that way, or some people, you know, learn or see something that that changes them and, and kind of opens the door to looking at the world this way. Was your mother just naturally like that? Does she just really just loved and enjoyed everything that way? She was in my lifetime. I'm, I'm sure growing up that she had, and I wouldn't speak for her, but, you know, just speaking to the life that she was dealt per se, uh, you know, cause she was in, a, she literally was born with polio and had it her whole life. She didn't even get out of the hospital until she was uh, 12 years old. She had a lot of surgeries and stuff like that. But even in that, to listen to her talk, you know, because she was in children's hospital, she got to meet Bozo the Clown, mm. uh, the Dukes of Hazard, like all these per se icons and movie stars and stuff because they would come to the hospital. And so for her, that was amazing. And for her, she would say that if I didn't have polio, I didn't get to meet all those people. So how cool is that? Like, that's the whole that's the perspective of do I do I look at myself and say, woe is me and my life sucks and oh, this is so horrible. Mm-hmm. Or do I find what, man, because of my polio, I got to do amazing things. That just, to me, that's astonishing because I don't, because I haven't been in that situation. I don't know that I could say, oh, I'd do the same thing. That'd be so cool. But she did. And and, and that is what she taught us. Yeah. I, I, I could not even imagine how she could have such a positive outlook like it's it's very inspiring to to see that and empowering for sure. Um, is there a certain memory that sticks out when you think of her? A lot. <laughs> Probably my my best memory is so she passed away on a Tuesday. The Friday before she actually went in the hospital, my sister had called me and said, "Mom's going. You know, she's going up to the hospital," and she was going through a whole lot of stuff. So she was kind of in and out of the hospital. That Friday, I showed up at the hospital and I'm looking for my stepdad and I'm looking for my sister and nobody's around. And then I end up seeing my mom and I'm, okay, you're here. Where's everybody else? Oh, I sent them home. I th- and that was just my mom. She's like, look, 
I just sent him home. You go back home too. I'll be just fine. I'm okay. Don't worry about it. And I said, nope. I said, I'm going to stick around here. And we spent all of Friday night just visiting and, and talking and crying and laughing. And, and that's a memory that I'll never forget. I mean, it was probably one of the, if not the best day of my life. That's so lovely. Do you find that you treat, I guess, like your children, like with the same, the same love and encouragement and wisdoms, like the way that your mom did, do you all mirror that same kind of parenting? Yeah. Uh, I'm probably a little harder than her. (laughs) (laughs) My, my kids are all grown up now, but uh, something happened. My, my oldest grandson, I've got three grandkids. My oldest is seven now. And two years ago, uh, me and him were going into an Applebee's. It was just me and him. We're going to, you know, kind of a little date night with my little buddy. And we were going into an Applebee's and a lady held the door open and, and he just looked up and he said, well, thank you, ma'am. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. And then we went and sat down and the waitress come over and, and well, can I get your drink orders? And he said, can I have chocolate milk, please? And then she brought the milk and, and he said, well, thank you so much. And I'm looking and I'm going, I know I didn't teach him that, but I know I taught my, my daughter that to be respectful, to say thank you. And, you know, just different things like that. So, you know, sometimes we may not see it through our kids (laughs) as much, you know, but when you see it through your grandkid and you go, man, I know, I know I did a good job and I know my daughter's doing a good job. I was brought up that way. And then now I look and see my grandkids doing the same thing. And that's just, that's really cool. It's definitely very special. It's, yeah, it must be very heartwarming to see those, those values go down from your children to their children and and that you get to be here to see all of your grandchildren that's great oh yeah so the title of your book is broken gratitude yes so so i've heard a lot about the gratitude where does the broken come from it comes from expectations you know i feel like we live in a world that we expect more than what we're grateful for you know we expect that when we wake up in the morning our legs will work and our eyes will work we'll get fed today and we got a roof over our head. And I expect that when I go out to my car, it'll just start and it'll take me where I want to go. And, and we forget that how, how grateful we really should be for all them things. What I did in writing the book, I actually went and asked almost 200 people, what's your idea of gratitude? And, you know, what are you grateful for? And what I heard so much was, you know, my family, my grandkids, my kids, my job, what I didn't hear was me. I'm grateful for me without you. And this is where the book really sets in is I want the book to really let people know that you are gratitude. Like without you, the world really is a smaller place. If I'm not here right now, my grandkids aren't here. My kids aren't here. My parents, who knows what journey they would have went on. My friends are friends with different people now. And what influence have I had on them to keep them from a different life? So the world really is a smaller place without you, just like with my grandson there. If I don't instill those values in my daughter, she doesn't instill them in him. Well, who's he instilling them in at now seven years old? What other little kids are around him that are saying thank you because he said thank you? Mm -hmm. Our impact on the world, like we are a gift. I think if more people really live their life, that they are the gift and they have so much to offer that our mental health would get a lot better to understand that we do have a purpose in this world. And it, and your purpose doesn't have to be some big magical, you invented this or you made $10 million or none. 
your gift could be as simple as teaching a kid to say thank you and and watching them bloom through that. Yeah, that's that's kind of the book. <laughs> it goes through, you know, different aspects of how to live that life of gratitude. I always hate to say this, but it's truth. There are certain people that you have to cut out of your life. And those are going to be people that you love and have been friends with. And, and when you really look at that relationship ship deep down, is it serving you? Is it actually a relationship that shows gratitude towards each of you, you know, or are you using them? Or are they using you? Like what kind of relationship is it really? And then there are other, other relationships that like my dad, I don't have a relationship with my dad, not because he was a bad dad. He wasn't a bad father. He didn't beat me. He wasn't a drunk. We just don't have a relationship, but I love my dad. I just love him from a distance. And a lot of times that's what road we need to go with people. Dude, I'm on a journey. I'm, I'm on this journey. We're all on a journey somewhere. I'm on this journey and you're not. And that's okay. You don't have to be. I can love you from a distance. I can limit my time with you and know that I have a really good friend of mine. And this is just an example who I love so much. He likes to smoke pot every day. I don't smoke pot. I don't do stuff like that. I love him, but I can't be around him that much. And that's okay. And it's understanding that those relationships, you don't have to break them. You don't have to cut people out forever. Just learn what your limitations are with them. That builds your gratitude. If I hung around with my, you know, smoking friend every day, I would probably start smoking pot every day, but I don't want to do that. So I'm so grateful that I have that choice to not do that. Another chapter goes over just word association. Let me ask you, what's the most powerful word you hear every day? Hope. Hope. Mm -hmm. Okay. How do you hear hope? I guess just through conversations, listening to other people. And that's great. There's no wrong answer. I describe it like this. The most powerful word you hear every day is the one that you say, that you say after I am. Ah, so it's up to you how you want to just determine your day. I am tired. I am broke. I am lazy. I am poor or I am happy. Mm -hmm. I am grateful. I am hopeful. We're the only ones that have heard every word that come out of our mouth. So make sure you know what you're saying. And is there something that I guess like if you could share like a message with the world, any message, what would you want them to hear from you? Like outside of the book? Les Brown did this quote and, and it really hit me. <laughs> you know, Les Brown, <laughs> I love Les Brown. He said, if, if it is easy, life will be hard. If it is hard, life will be easy. And that's the truth. If you really think about going to the gym, you know, I go to the gym every morning at five o'clock. That's hard. And I've been doing it for years, but it's still hard. But I'm happy at the progress I've made. It doesn't matter what you want to do in your life. It always starts out hard. Always. First time we rode a bike, it was hard. <laughs> First time we tried to walk, it was hard. We fell down. We failed. We, but you get back up until it becomes easy. I love that quote. That would definitely be my, my go-to. There was another gentleman uh, that said, if you want a million-dollar life, you have to live a million dollar life. And to me, what he's saying in that, and I actually heard an interview, he, he wasn't just talking about money. Mm -hmm. 
He's like, if, if you, like you said earlier, aren't you happy that you get to be here with your grandkids? Well, yeah, that's one of the reasons I work out every day. I'm not the greatest eater, so I try to make up with it. <laughs> I try to make it up with, you know, a little bit with working out and stuff. But it's if we want these, you know, great extravagant things in our lives, and most times what you'll find out is that's health above anything, then you got to treat yourself that way. Mm-hmm. Treat yourself like a million bucks. That that one's a good one for me. So I'm curious. Um, a lot of people that I know that become speakers or uh, maybe they write books about life experience and life in general or or just, you know, words to live by that can guide other people, whether it be success or whatever it is they want to build. They they typically have like a history of of something that that taught them, you know, personally. Are there key mo- other key moments in your life that that taught you like maybe moments that were not, you know, as positive, uh, but because you lived through them and you were resilient, that, you know, became something that you live by and then led you to where you are. There's a couple of them, a, a buddy of mine. So these were just life lessons, but they, they changed my life. I had an employee. I, I own a construction company also. And I had an employee with me one day and we went to Home Depot. I bought some stuff. He bought some stuff. We went back out to the truck. We're getting ready to leave. And he said, hold on, hold on a minute. I got to run back in here. I didn't think nothing about it. He ran back in the store. A few minutes later, he came back out, got in the truck. I said, well, what was that about? And he goes, oh, and he pulled out this little bitty, I don't even remember what it was, but it was a little bitty nothing thing. And he said, well, they didn't charge me for this. So I, I went back in and paid for it. And I said, well, how much was that thing? Oh, it's just a couple bucks. And I said, dude, it's Home Depot. They they wasn't going to miss $2, you know, that little item. And he said, well, yeah, but it ain't about that. I said, what are you talking about? He said, look, if I don't pay for that little $2 item, the people that drove the truck to get it to here, well, they don't have a job. The people that stock the shelves, they don't have a job. The cashier, she don't have a job. If we just don't pay for all the little things, people lose jobs. He goes, that means that I didn't help families get fed and I can't have that on my conscience. Wow. And I was like, boom. I mean, it, it blew me away. And that's how this man lives his life. He's one of my best friends in the world now. It was that lesson. I'm like, that to me, that was gratitude. Like he put himself, he put these people, complete strangers. He had no idea who these people were above himself and two dollars like it meant that much to him and i was like i was just blown away yeah it is it is insane how much we learn from people and and their experiences and and how they like how they interact with us you know what they do and the time that you know them and they teach you so much it's so interesting even strangers as well i'm curious about how you wrote your book you said that you interviewed a, a couple hundred people on gratitude, right? You could have researched it, right? You didn't even have to go out and interview two people. You could have really just Googled till the cows come home. You could have done <laughs> anything, right? You could have, you know, sat with your family and just picked their brains. But but why asking a couple hundred people? To get the perspectives, to get real life. You know, I'm an interested person. I'm always, again, I think we had talked earlier and said something about, I've never met a stranger. So for me, I love, I, my, it drives my wife nuts because we can't go anywhere without, you know, she'll warn me before we go into a store. Look, if we go in here, don't find somebody and be talking to them for a half an hour. Look, we got to get to this thing and 
just don't be in here talking. I say, yes, dear. Yes, dear. And then usually I'm getting pulled out because I won't shut up and quit talking to somebody. <laughs> so for me, it's, it's a, it's fun. And it actually, it was so much fun just talking to people and, and seeing the different perspectives. The reason that I talk about being so grateful when you wake up in the morning, first thing is one of the ladies that I had interviewed or talked to, she was, she was actually one that said that she said, I was so, she said, I'm, I'm grateful every day I get to wake up and I get to walk and I get to see and I get to, and she started naming all these things. And I'm like, huh. And she's the first one. And she was probably 150 people in. Mm. And she was the first one that had went that deep. And I was like, huh, why? And she said, and I don't remember the exact amount of years. It was five or six years ago. She had had a stroke in her sleep. Mm. And so when she woke up, her leg didn't work. And her one side of her face wasn't working. And like literally she'd had a stroke and things didn't work when she woke up. And so she, and, and to talk to her when I did, I would have never known it because she was per se back to normal. And it was from that perspective, I'm like, oh my God, that's gratitude. Why do we have to wait to have a stroke to be grateful that our legs are working? Why do we have to wait until we're blind to be grateful that we can see? You don't. Be grateful now. Yeah, that lady, she really, she really touched me a lot. She was very strong lady, very strong. She actually was a breast cancer survivor also. Ooh, man, she's powerful. (laughs) It's amazing. It's, it's, and you know, I, for, for myself, I know like the reason why I can talk to anyone is because when I was young, I was by myself all the time. So like for you, were you by yourself as a kid or were you surrounded by people and just like a talker just since day one? We, our house and this, I wish I was kidding. Well, maybe, but anyway, we constantly had 15 to 30 people at our house mm. from 5 a.m. till 10 p.m. at night. Uh, my mom from a wheelchair babysat at one time, 22 kids, you know, so and then my uncles and grandparents and aunts and all, they all we literally all lived from a we're from a small town. We lived within two blocks of each other. So, and we were kind of the meeting spot. Our house was for one, it was the biggest house. And two, I think every family family has that person. They're the one. And that was my mom. Mm -hmm. And so it was, you know, every night people were bringing stuff over and we'd have different dinners and 5 a.m. People were showing up and we had two coffee pots and they'd be just constantly going all day. Yeah. You know, so. No, I was definitely never alone as a kid. <laughs> no kidding. Definitely not. So then after interviewing all of those people, what did you hear anything that you didn't expect to hear? That lady was the number one that I didn't expect to hear. Another person had talked a lot about suicide. They had attempted suicide three times and uh, they were just now they're actually a speaker themselves. And then that's what they speak about It is just overcoming those overcoming depression and anxiety and and different things like that and so that was he was a very powerful person to be around his his energy was powerful to be around Mm -hmm. Uh, you could really tell that he had lived a life overcoming an addiction went in and out of jail again attempted suicide three times and now he just 
he has a purpose. He has a mission in life that he's like, dude, if, if I save, I think his mission is to save 10,000 people. How do you know that he saved 10,000 people? That I don't know from his perspective. I know from mine and what I speak on since I started my journey, I get probably one to four or five messages a week of people just saying, Hey dude, because of you, I, you know, thank you. You saved my life and you know, you helped me and just, just different things like that. There's, there's no amount of money. There's no anything in the world, like having somebody call you or message you and say, thank you. You saved my life. Mm. And a lot of times I don't know the perspective, what they were going through or anything like that, but just to know that you have that, that kind of impact on somebody is, is amazing. I'm going to get emotional, but it's, it's very heartwarming. And then there's nothing like it. I don't know that he'll keep count. You know, I can't remember his number. It, it might've been a hundred thousand, but yeah. at the end of the day, his, his goal is to save lives, to save people that are thinking about taking their life. And so for me, that's, that's just so powerful. Definitely. I think that even though there are a lot of reasons to to dislike social media, I think that it's also done some good in the sense that it's enabled your net to cast even wider. So, for instance, with uh, the content that's produced for Are You Happy, you have you know millions of people that are that are seeing it and commenting and and saying, "Oh, I really needed this today," or "This really helped me today." Or one of my personal favorites, one of the first interviews I ever did, uh, someone wrote that they were not planning to be here tomorrow. And then they saw this video and they think that they'll stay after all. So I know exactly what you mean. It's it's indescribable. There's no words to convey like how how proud you are to have been part of that, even if you just held a camera or, you know, wrote some words unbelievable to to understand that you helped another life stay in this world yeah and that's this book came to be the broken gratitude the biggest reason it came to be is because of my tiktok followers these people i would go live and they would just tell me you didn't you need to do a book you need to do a book and and i was like i'm i'm not a book i'm not an author i'm not a i'm a goofy construction guy that just cares for people you know and and they were like no dude you're more Mm. You're so much more actually in the acknowledgements of the book. I, I thank my TikTok followers, <laughs> the world that we're in and social media is bad and this and that, but just like, I, I'd love to, what you just said. I mean, are there bad parts of it? Yeah. Mm. Are there, are there crazy parts of it? Yeah. <laughs> but there's good, but there's good too. Yeah. And, and it's a matter of what do you look for? <laughs> Right. And if you put a lot of good stuff out there, then, you know, they're bound to find the good stuff too. In addition oh, yeah. to the cats, you know, playing with yarn. <laughs> <laughs> so your TikTok followers. Okay. I can understand that. I can understand where you, you know, see yourself as, as a construction worker, you see yourself as, you know, through what through your work and then to have someone else see your light and say, Hey, no, your light's shining further than you think it is. So you took that and ran with it. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> when when the book comes out, uh, what do you think that's going to look like? How how do you think the world is going to look when when your book is out there inside circulating and people are reading it? What kind of world is it going to be? My goal is to have it 
more grateful. <laughs> I want people to to know, to, to be able to look in the mirror and just say, I'm so grateful for you today. That's the number one purpose of the whole book is to just understand again that that you are the gift of gratitude, that the world is really a smaller and not as great a place without you in it. I've, I've had some people tell me that's hokey or whatever. And I'm like, well, are you grateful you're here? Well, uh, uh, and I'm like, all right, I got you. <laughs> and that's it. You know, it's at, at the end of the day, I'm grateful you're here. Why aren't you? Mm-hmm. You know, so that to me, that's the, that's the number one thing in the book is just to give that realization and, and that gift back to people. Cause again, right now, I think, I feel like we live in a world of expectations. We just expect that we're here. And and then what we don't really fathom is that life is short and you don't know how short, none of us know how short. So Mm -hmm. man, why not live every day? Just like it to your fullest, you know, go after your dreams, go after your aspirations. They're there. They're waiting on you. One of my biggest fears since I've started my, my journey is I believe that when I get to heaven, you know, whoever's there at that gate is going to say, hey, we're so glad to have you. We're, we're happy you're here. Let me show you something, though. And they show me another person and they say, this is the person that we really had lined out. This is who you were supposed to end up to be. Mm. And I don't want to look at a stranger. I want to know that the path that, that God wanted to put me on to, to become my best self, to become everything I ever wanted. It's not a stranger to me when I'm gone. Hmm. I try to go a little deep. <laughs> no, please, by all means, I mean, feel free to expand on that because that is a really interesting concept. I've never, I've not heard anyone say that before. So I'm interested to hear more on it. For me, I went from being a, an army veteran. So I went in the army, got out, wasn't a planned thing, went and did it, had no thought to go in the army. I got approached, said, yeah, what else am I going to do? I'm from a small town. And something pulled me and said, yeah, go do the army thing. So I went and did it. Got out, got into construction. You know, I've I've been in construction for 20 some years. And then out of the blue, a person comes up to me and says, hey, man, you should start networking. I've been in business for seven years and I didn't know what networking was. Mm -hmm. Now it's just part of the path. And it's, I said, okay, cool. Went to networking and he said, oh, yeah, hey, you're going to have to stand up in front of people and talk. And I'm like, for me, and I understand a lot of people have that fear. For me, I was like, well, okay, cool. I like talking. Stood up, did my thing, and I fell in love. Fell in love with it. When you accept your journey, when you know that there's a journey and a path that you're actually been put on, and, and you say, I'm in, take me. Where am I going? Let's go. And you open up to it. You find that that's the person you were meant to be. But the reality is so many of us, we see that path. We see that opening. And it's scary because it's different. It's a change. It's not our normal. I'm okay right here. And well, this kind of is what it is. And, you know, I'm not meant to be rich or famous or have a lot of things or have a lot of friendships. Like so many people pull back from the path that that they know they're supposed to go on, that they even strive for it. They dream of it, but it's scary. And well, I don't woo. Mm -hmm. And those are the people that will get to those pearly gates and 
and they'll say, well, you could have been this. And they look at a complete stranger and go, I was scared. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not scared. I'm accepting. I accept that path and let's go. Cause I know in my journey, I get to have people message me and call me and say, dude, you saved my life. The book, I read the book and I am now, man, I am. I'm so more grateful for the little things, the big things and myself. That's my journey. And that's the person that when I get to heaven and I look at that person, I want to feel like I'm looking in a mirror. I love all of that. That is great. I'm so curious about that moment that you fell in love with it when you stood up. I know you just said this other amazing piece <laughs> and, and everyone heard it. You don't, I don't even have to ask you a follow-up question on it because it was so well said, but I, I'm just in the back of my mind. I'm, I'm curious what, what that felt like when you fell in love with, with speaking and sharing with others. And it's, it's, it sounds like as if you just knew like it clicked and you knew you saw your path and said, Hey, how's going path? <laughs> you know, <laughs> That, I want to know what the feeling was like and what was going on inside. I would say initially it was selfishness. <laughs> it was, look at me. I'm in, everybody be quiet. Look, Sammy's standing here. I got this. It has evolved into when I'm up standing in front of people, I get to see the shifts and the mindsets and the body language and the everything, all the emotions and the energy. I love energy. And I get to see it. I get to physically see it and feel it when I'm in front of that room. That is, I won't go smoke pot with my buddy, but I'll get high on that every day. I mean, it is truly, it is an awesome, amazing thing to watch people just shift and know that you're a part of changing their lives. You know, even if it's just for a few minutes, I mean, that's, it's just an awesome feeling. So, yeah. (laughs) I would agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And and we cannot wait to see your book. Before we go, uh, can you tell everyone where to find you on social websites, all that good stuff? My biggest place right now is discovermentaledge.com. And I always say it fast. So discovermentaledge.com. <laughs> That's my new website and everything. On TikTok, it is Mental Edge. And on Instagram, it's the underscore Sammy J. Perfect. And we will also put that in the description so that way people can save and click on that. And you don't, they don't have to worry about pausing the episode. They can, they can go <laughs> to the description and get all your info and follow you. We look forward to seeing everything that you do. And you know what? On behalf of the world, I'm just going to thank you here and now for putting yourself out there and putting the energy and giving them the tools they need to be grateful. So thank you for that. Wow. It, it is my pleasure. I, I, I'm excited for it all. Thank you so much for having me on today. It has been awesome getting to know you a little bit better. And I look forward to seeing you do all these great, amazing, vivacious things. <laughs> well, thank you so much. All right, guys, we'll see you next week on another episode of Are You Happy? Happy? Are You Happy? Oh, that's Easter's episode. I'm sorry. Are You Happy podcast? Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Are You Happy Hour and Are You Happy Hotline are brought to you by Are You Happy Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media such as Instagram and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. Are You Happy, the docuseries, can also be found on social media such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.
See you guys next time for another wonderful episode of Are You Happy? The Happy Hour.